Well, last week we began in this series uh, called uh, Body Parts from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. And uh, Mike uh, led us into a really great job of an intro, uh, just giving us, uh, going into the first few verses of uh, chapter 12 that we're into uh, right now. And uh, you might remember how Mike uh, indicated that that part and that text was kind of like a modern era country song. Everybody remember that part? Okay. Made complete sense last week. Actually, it was a really good analogy. If you weren't here, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You have to go back, listen to the message online. Really good uh, teaching there, uh, not just about country songs, but about um, uh, lots of good things. And he talked about this idea of the Trinity of God, of this one God, one Lord, one Spirit, giving gifts to the church, and uh, how these gifts are given for the common good of the body of Christ, and also for the glory of God. And so just a a really good intro last week, and today we want to continue on uh, in this series, uh, looking uh, at this text and understanding uh, some of the specific gifts that we'll get into today. And remembering that in that time with the, the, the gatherings of people, the church at Corinth, there were people who were using their gifts, wanting to grow in their gifts, exploring their gifts. And Paul, in, in many ways, was speaking some corrective and just some cautions and reminding them as they try to figure out how to use their gifts in the body of Christ that there is one source, that the source of, of Jesus Christ, the source of His Holy Spirit is the most important aspect, and that these are used for unity uh, in the church. Uh, Jesus, who, when he left this earth and he told his disciples that he should go, he said, I am going to send you my advocate, my spirit, this counselor, who will guide you and who will lead you and who will give you power, and also who gives us uh, the gifts that God has given us through his spirit. So today we're going to look at this from the idea of bodybuilding, Uh, building the body of Christ. How do we understand building the body of Christ and these gifts that that God has given us to build the body of Christ and for God's glory? So I want to just have us read uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Turn there in your Bibles and starting in verse 7 and we'll read uh, through to the end of, of verse 11. So Paul continues on and he says this, A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit, uh, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Well, another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. And he alone decides which gift each person should have. What's interesting to me, and one of the sad ironies, I think, in the history of the church, is that here is this very thing that God has given the church and these gifts in order to celebrate the diversity of people and the diversity of gifts and in order to have unity. And yet it's the one thing, or one of the things, that I think has caused so much disunity in the church over the years. It's been a source of that instead of a source of unity, which is what it was intended for. And so we see in this text that gifts are given to followers of Jesus Christ, that by His Holy Spirit there is this special power or ability that is given to uh, Christ followers to build up the body of Christ and to glorify God. And this truth that every person who 
gives their life to Christ and receives this Holy Spirit at work within them gets at least one gift, and many get multiple gifts. There can be more than one. Nobody has all of the gifts. And one is not superior over the other, and we're going to talk more about that uh, next week. But this idea that the gifts are given by the Spirit of God for the purpose of building up the body. There are a number of places in Scripture where you get different lists, and this is one of those places. We also see uh, in Romans chapter 12 another section of Scripture that gives another uh, set of lists, and there's some overlap there, but there's some different ones there. If you go into Ephesians chapter 4, another text that gives some lists of different spiritual gifts. In 1 Peter chapter 4, another section where there are gifts that are listed there. None of them intended to be an exhaustive list of all of the gifts of the Spirit, but to give samplings and different expressions of how these gifts are given to the church. And it's interesting, as you go back into the Old Testament, you also see places and unique uh, teachings that show how the gifts are also being used there and how the Spirit of God is also evident there. I want you to turn just to Exodus chapter 35. And there's this great text in Exodus chapter 35 where uh, Moses is uh, leading the people and they're about to build uh, the tabernacle, this place of, of worship, this place of meeting God. And so they're calling the people to to bring gifts of resources of gold and silver and all kinds of different materials to build the tabernacle. And what's interesting is that so much comes in and so much uh, people respond in such an overwhelming way that Moses actually has to say, okay, hold on, that's enough, that's enough. We have adequate, in fact, we have more. But then he calls out some of those who have some very unique gifts to take these materials and to use them for God's purposes. And in, in Exodus 35, verse 30, It says this, Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. And he's skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft, and the Lord has given him and and Oholiab son of Eshemach, the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. And I love that text, which reminds us again of how the Spirit of God is there in the Old Testament, even giving gifts to Bezalel and giving gifts to the people of God to be used for the glory of God. And how this individual was given, as it seems, multiple gifts, gifts of craftsmanship, but also the ability to teach. The ability to teach these skills to other people and to share them with other people. And uh, such an, an encouraging word. When I think about the history uh, of our church, we have had many Bezalels in our midst. Many people with gifts of craftsmanship, with creativity and design, and people who do renovation projects, as we've seen here, when the various stages of, of building uh, renovations that have happened even in this building. Uh, all the way back to when this was originally built over 30 years ago. People with very unique gifts used for the glory of God. I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Another sample list that also gives some additional gifts that we'll look at just for a minute here today. In Romans chapter 12, this text also shows us uh, some other gifts that are differentiated, but also you'll see some overlap here. And starting in uh, verse 4 of Romans 12. And so Paul is writing now to the church in Rome and he's saying this to them. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. 
We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love this, the passion that you can almost hear in Paul's voice as he's encouraging them to understand that, you know, after you experience this transformation that happens through Jesus Christ of the transforming of your mind, which he talks about just prior to this, and he talks about giving your bodies as a living sacrifice, he says one of the most important things that you can do as a believer is to understand your spiritual gift or to understand the gifts that God has given you and to use them to immerse yourself in them in different contexts and use them to build up the church and for the glory of God. I don't know if some of you have seen, uh, there's a really interesting movie called 100 Foot Journey that some of you might have seen of this, this unique Indian family that moves from India and they go and they start this restaurant in the south of France in this rural area. And one of the lines in there that I, I love is they're talking about all these Indian spices and the one father, he says, you know what? If you have spices, use them. He says, don't just sprinkle them on, spoon them in, he says. Now, my wife doesn't love those kind of spices a whole lot. Uh, But for most people, it's like, yes, spoon them in, have all kinds of spice. And it's almost like Paul is saying that here in this text with spiritual gifts. If you've got gifts, use them. Don't just sprinkle them on, spoon them in. You know, use them in immense measure. Step into your gifting. And use them to build up the church and for the glory of God. You know, one of the things that we sometimes do is we confuse spiritual gifts with ministry positions. And we think, well, you know what, I need an official position or a title in order to be able to do something. But you know what, if you have pastoral gifts, you don't have to be a pastor to use them. If you have teaching gifts, you don't have to have an official position of teacher to use those gifts. If you have leadership gifts just lead. There are so many different contexts and places that a person can use these gifts. If you have mercy gifts, just use the gift of mercy. If you have hospitality gifts, you don't need an official title to use those gifts. Just start using those gifts. And these are some of the things that that Paul is saying, that we don't need to have these official positions or titles to use the gifts. Just spoon them in. Use them in the church. Use them in the context that you find yourselves in throughout your days and weeks and make a difference in the kingdom of God. Going back to 1 Corinthians 12 and this list that we see here, I want to have us just walk through them briefly. And they've been categorized in a variety of different ways and you can sort of group them in a variety of different ways. But one of the ways that we'll look at today is to think about them in this way. First of all, a group of three revelation gifts, gifts that reveal things, gifts that bring light to some things, of supernatural insight that you couldn't otherwise have known. One of those is the spiritual wisdom that is talked about, or wise advice, depending on your translation. Another one is the word of knowledge. If somebody has the gift of that word of knowledge and, and the ability to explain Scripture very well. Another one who has a gift of distinguishing between spirits and understanding, is this something that is from the living God, or is this from another spirit? And so these revelation gifts of understanding uh, what is coming to light, to bring things to light, might be a way to think about it. Three other gifts that are listed here in this text are 
You might describe them as power gifts, uh, the gift of faith. When it comes to this gift, it's not talking about saving faith as we come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's not talking about that, but it's talking about something different and an unusual trust in the power of God. That some people have been given an incredible gift of faith. That regardless of the circumstances they find themselves, they have this unusual trust of the power of God. And that God is going to work and do things beyond the circumstances that we see around us. Gift of healing, where there might be physical or spiritual healing. That somebody has this gift that God uses in a unique way in the body of Christ to bring glory to God. Another power gift could be the gift of miracles, of where the Spirit works in a supernatural way to alter or change natural events in some measure. The last three that you could categorize are three vocal gifts. First of all, the gift of prophecy, of, of hearing what God is saying and declaring it with power in the appropriate time and the appropriate place. Uh, the gift of tongues, of being able to speak in a new tongue or a language that is not naturally learned and it's offered as a prayer tongue or something of that nature. And then lastly, the interpretation of tongues, where somebody has been given this unique gift of being able to understand what a person was saying even if they didn't know the language that was spoken and interpreting those who speak in tongues. So this is maybe just a way to think about these gifts in certain categories uh, as they are expressed in this text, but understanding again that these aren't an exhaustive list. This isn't the whole deal. There are many others that are mentioned in other places in Scripture, and again, as a sampling. And I think the diversity of gift is almost as, as wide and as broad as the people of God. You know, there are some that, that suggest that certain gifts have ceased or ended with the apostles that are not to be used for today. Uh, that's not my view or my position on this, nor the position of this church, and nor is it of our denomination or our conference, but to understand that these gifts are used today, that there is still ways that we need to be cautious and wise in terms of how these gifts are used in order uh, to not bring disorder to our worship times. Because you see throughout the New Testament um, where these gifts are mentioned and the encouragement that is given there to the church of those days to use these gifts in their context. I think of Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 where he prays for the church and he says, God, may you be glorified and that you are able to do more through your Spirit's work than we might ask or think in the church. And Jesus, even in his teaching in John chapter 14, where he's talking to the disciples and he's preparing them for his departure, and he's saying how he needs to go so that they may have the Holy Spirit of God. And he says, you will do the same as I have done, and in fact, you will do even greater things. And so all of these things pointing ahead to the work of the Holy Spirit in the church in the future as God's gifts are given to his people. And then there's just the experience of centuries and years of church history. And your experience and my experience of seeing different ways that these gifts have been expressed in a whole variety of ways. Uh, Just two weeks ago, and I shared a little bit last week about the recent trip that Lisa and I were on in Europe with uh, MB Missions and our MB Missions board. And one of the cities that we were in and where we gathered was in Istanbul, which is very much... Uh, the center uh, or a center piece of the Muslim faith in many ways. And one evening as we sat around as about 30 people in this one hotel room and we were introduced to some national leaders who are from Turkey and who have come to faith in Christ from a Muslim background. And there was this one woman who shared some of her story through a translator 
And uh, she was a very, uh, just a humble servant of God who was probably in her late 50s and who lived in a city uh, further out from Istanbul who worked in a factory, uh, had a very humble life. She was a single mom and just trying to make ends meet. But as she shared her story, she just had this unbelievable joy of the Lord in her spirit as she talked about what God had done in her life and how he had transformed her. And in her story, what came out too was just how God had given her a gift of healing and how she'd been using that gift in different settings throughout that country and in different ways and how God was using that to bring people to himself and to give him glory. And then at the end of that evening, uh, Randy Friesen, our uh, director of MB Missions, he just offered anybody in the room, well, if you want to have some prayer, uh, this woman is here, and anybody who wants to ask for prayers of healing, come and, and have time of prayer. So as people are leaving and milling and talking around, a number of people went and asked her to pray. And it was so interesting because we have one board member who uh, we have all known. He's from Ontario, and he has had, about 16 years ago, he had a really bad ear infection that happened and, and basically left his right ear completely deaf. And so he's been living with that for 16 years. And we've all known that because he always sits in a certain place in the room so he can hear people on the other side. So he just felt so compelled by God that he needed to go forward and have this woman pray for him. And he did. And he shared with us the next day how as she was praying, he, she started to get louder and louder. Her voice started to get louder because he started to hear out of that ear. And so he gives testimony to this in our meeting the next day of just saying, amazing how God has healed him. And then he says, nobody texts my wife because I want to be the first to tell her. She was the one spouse who wasn't on this trip. But this amazing story. And yet others who had gone and asked for prayers of different kinds, not everybody was healed. But God in his sovereignty chose that this man would be healed as he praises God, as this woman uses this gift in humility and submitting it before the Lord and praying for this guy from North America that his ear might be healed. And it was. In our uh, small groups over the years that, that Lisa and I have been a part of, we've prayed for people at different times, sometimes feeling like prayers have been answered for healing, sometimes feeling like they're not. We're not uh, always sure how God responds in some of these situations. Um, we've experienced some where there has been healing in past years, and even this last year having a situation in our small group where one individual asked for that, and we as a small group gathered around and prayed, and, and God just answered in unmistakable ways over the week's ahead that uh, this person was healed. And it was interesting because even last Sunday night as a small group, as we were talking around the text that Mike introduced us to about spiritual gifts, and as we were talking about this, we were kind of joking that, yeah, you know, somebody in our group has the gift of healing, but we're just not sure who because we all gathered around and prayed. So we just said, okay, as long as we just keep praying together as a group, then we don't have to figure that one out. But we have different ways of experiencing these gifts, and our experience points to this and gives testimony to it. I remember a number of times uh, in this congregation, I've had us pray in different ways, obviously. But one of the ways that we've prayed at times is, is having everybody pray out loud at the same time. Remember? Some of you remember that. You've been here. We've done that a couple of times. Other parts of the world, they do that all the time. We're not used to that in North America. One time after I had us do that, I had a few people talk to me afterwards and said, that was so wonderful that everybody praying out loud at the same time, I could finally use my gift of tongues and pray out loud in tongues in this congregation. It was wonderful different expressions of the Spirit of God and the gifts that are here and the gifts that God is using in his church. Prophetic words. In my life, I have had people speak prophetic words into my journey in a whole variety of different ways. Now, most of the time, it's been in a way that has been so affirming and so encouraging 
and really has just affirmed the things that God has already been speaking to me. We've had that in our church at times of discernment where people have brought forth things like that to leadership or in different prayer gatherings and shared uh, some things that they just sensed that God was sharing in their heart. Maybe it was a vision or maybe it was uh, something that was just a scripture verse that was just so impressed upon them that they had to share. And we discern those in leadership and those have been some unique things that have been part of discernments that we have had over time. And these things are not on par with scripture in any way, but they are something that adds to the discernment of the body and builds up the body as people speak into these things, and then you test it. And you test it as it says here in these texts that we're looking at, and further on as you continue reading in Corinthians, that Paul says you need to test these things. There can be times of error and misuse, and you need to test them in the body. I think the only, as I was thinking about this this week, I think the only spiritual gift in all the lists that are given that I have probably not seen in the context of this congregation is the interpretation of tongues. And probably because it's usually something, even as Paul says, that is done in a smaller setting, in a smaller gathering, and so on. Um, And so we haven't had that many opportunities for that. But that of all of the lists, of all of the different gifts that are expressed in these texts, probably the only one that I haven't specifically seen in the context of this congregation. And so the reality that these gifts are used for the glory of God and are being used for the glory of God in all kinds of ways. You know, God has created all people in his image. And God has given all people unique abilities. And even those who are not believers and not followers of Christ have been given very unique abilities and, and, and talents. And so to understand that and recognize that all of these spiritual gifts, I would say, would have a natural sort of parallel to them in, in the world in general. And people can have, even if they're not a follower of Christ or a believer, they can have abilities and, and gifts in teaching or in leadership or in all these other things. And so I think that there is a parallel natural gift or ability that is there as well within all people because we're all created in the image of God. But there's something so unique. As God takes that ability that he has wired us in as we are created in his image and through his Holy Spirit he empowers us to use this gift in the context of the body of Christ for the common good of the body, to build up the church, to give glory to God. That is a beautiful picture of what God calls us to do and how to use these spiritual gifts. In the context of the church, and then as we think about the church that gathers in that that ecclesia, uh, ecclesia of the gathered body of Christ, but also that we gather partly to not only worship God, but to prepare and encourage and equip as we go out into the world and we bring those gifts with us. Again, for the glory of God and for the building of God's kingdom in all the different contexts that we go as we scatter throughout the week. I want to just conclude with three things that are, I think, important for us as we think about things that are necessary in healthy bodybuilding, of building up the body of Christ. Things that need to be there to be effective when it comes to spiritual gifts. And I think when the opposite of these are there, it, it, it can stifle the growth and the ability for us to grow as a church in these spiritual gifts. And so I'll just mention these three things. First of all, I think one of the things that needs to be there is a context of opportunity and safety. And as a church, we, we want to be a place where you provide opportunity for people to use their gifts and to step out in their gifts and that there would be opportunity to explore and to develop those gifts, to use them, but also that the church would be a safe place to fail. The church needs to be that. And sometimes we're not always like that. 
And so we want to give opportunities for people, and we're always looking uh, for more opportunities to give people chances to serve and to use their gifts. And in all of our areas of ministry and all of the things that happen in and through our church, locally right here in Saskatoon, and the things that we do around the world, there are all kinds of opportunities and ways that you can use your spiritual gifts and test them and grow in them and develop them in all kinds of ways. We give uh, unique opportunities for seasons, even the four-week small groups that we've been talking about. A unique window where if you think, well, maybe I have some leadership gifts in this area, an, an opportunity to test it and to step out and to try it and say, maybe I can grow into leadership in, in leading a small group or in prayer or in mercy gifts or in administration of something like that. And I, I don't think there's any better place to test, to develop, to explore your spiritual gifts than in the context of a small group where you're together with a smaller group of, of believers and that you explore these things together, talk about them together, pray about them together, that, that these small groups need to be a place in order to do that and to discover your gifts and how you might use them. Some gifts, I know, um, doesn't always feel like a safe place to use them when it comes to the church. I've talked to many people who have some of the prophetic gifts who oftentimes can feel very marginalized and sort of pushed on the periphery. And sometimes when we don't know exactly what to do or handle, how to handle some of these gifts, sometimes people can get pushed to the periphery and they sort of become this voice crying out in the wilderness. And as a church, we need to learn how to draw those people close and say, you know what, this is a safe place to fail and to test and develop those gifts. And I've been so blessed by those in our congregations over the years who have come even to leadership and come to me and different people and just come with humility and said, you know what, I want accountability and I want to grow and I want to learn and I want this to be tested. And that, where healthy things can happen as people do that in very uh, specific ways. Kevin mentioned those prayer cards that are in your bulletins. And next Sunday night um, uh, at our 6.30 celebration, 50th anniversary celebration, one of the, that'll be one of the places where you'll have an opportunity to maybe share what God has laid on your heart. And maybe some of you have these gifts that you're exploring. And we're going to take some time to have some people share those and just take a little bit of time to do that. You'll also be able to just, there'll be a place to just stick them up outside in the foyer and, and uh, post them there and we'll discern them and look at them later as well too. But the church needs to be a safe place to fail. We have a lot of patience with people with t- teaching gifts or leadership gifts and yet in some of these other gifts we haven't always provide a safe context and we need to do that. The second thing I would say that is important that needs to be there for gr- gifts to grow in, in the body is that we are people of no offense. Now let me say what I mean by that. The first one is more about the church specifically. This one is more about the individual, as us or you as an individual, of, of no, not taking offense. And sometimes that can happen where people say, well, you know what, I, I tried, I stepped out, I offered this gift, I, nobody kind of picked it up or nobody invited me back or it didn't happen and so I'm going to take my gift and go home. And it's sometimes been referred to, this word offense, as, as the bait of Satan, of where Satan, the enemy, would just stir offense in our hearts and where we now just say, you know what, I'm going to be offended because of how the church responded to this gift and my desire to use this gift. And I would just say to you and to me that we need to walk in humility because when we take offense, it no longer becomes about the body, but it becomes about us and our spiritual gift. So we need to walk in humility and offer these gifts that God has given us and say, you know what? Maybe there's another place or another setting. The time needs to be right. The place needs to be right for them to be received. 
And then the last one I would just mention is this idea of gift projection. That we not be people who project our gift onto other people. And so often we can do that where we kind of have this either intentional or unintentional posture of going, well, you know what, my gift or my, the way I walk with God is the best way, and so you should be like me. And it really diminishes the body when we do that. And we need to recognize that some of those people who are so different than us have, have a unique gift that we need to discover and that it complements what we bring and we not need to not project our gifts uh, more and more onto other people. And we'll talk more about that next week. And so in verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts and He alone decides which gift each person should have. These are things that can't be demanded by us. We can't work and earn them. They are gifts given by the Spirit of God to His people for the glory of God and for the common good of the body of Christ. And I pray that we will be a church that will explore these gifts and discern these gifts and find safe places to test them and to grow in them and to fail in them and to get up again and to continue to walk as we develop these things. And why does this matter? It matters because of the gospel of Christ. Because of this gospel that we are called to live and proclaim in the world, we need a body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, that understands their gifting, that understands how God has wired them, working together with our strengths and our weaknesses, working in tandem so that we can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the gifts that you have given us. Thank you for the way that you have poured out your spirit upon the church. And God, we just confess that sometimes we suppress that in our lives. And sometimes we haven't been a safe place to explore and discover those things. Father, help us to be people who take no offense, who have a posture of gratitude and humility and just bring our gifts with humility and offer them to you and to the church. And Lord, may you help us to grow in this for your glory, for your kingdom's sake, and for the common good of the body of Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.